Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Off the back, 400 left to go. MacDan is the leader. They pass the 427.6. And it's MacDan, two metres on a little bay, went up three wide, got to second around Pacific O Dream. And then Jillaby Sylvester, who still travels up okay. MacDan in front on the turn. Honolulu Bay called on three metres away. Then Jillaby Sylvester. It's MacDan finding two metres. Honolulu Bay still stretching out strongly. MacDan and Honolulu Bay. Honolulu Bay goes to MacDan. Wow, what a win this is. Honolulu Bay got the better of MacDan and drew away and won by two metres. That made it seven in a row for Honolulu Bay. Uh, of course, trained by Emma Stewart and up against Lochinvar Art on Saturday night. Certainly the highlight at Melton, Chris Barsby. Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. They've got a big weekend coming up because on Friday night, they've got several trotting features. And then on Saturday night, it's basically all for the paces, including that free-for-all, the Minuteman free-for-all, Honolulu Bay, Lock and Bar Art, Rock and Roll Do, Supreme Dominator. So it's a it's a good lineup that free-for-all, but it's good racing over the next uh, couple of days there at Melton. Awkward draw, isn't it, for Lock and Bar Art? Yeah, it's not easy, the inside of the second row. So Nathan Jack will have his work cut out. Honolulu Bay also facing a second row draw, but he's got a little bit more wiggle room, you could say, uh, drawn in 10. So he might be able to get the jump on Lockenvar early. And it's no surprise that Honolulu Bay goes up his favourite with Tab. They've got him 240. Lockenvar Art 370. Rock and Roll do $5. But it's going to be a good race because all drivers have got to be really, uh, you know, smart here with their tactics. At the moment, 2.40 Honolulu Bay, Lockenvarad is 3.70, and Shane Graham's our first guest. Well, I wanted to chat with Shane this morning because I want to talk to him about his free-for-all uh, power that he's got in his stable, and he joins us first up this morning. Shane, appreciate the time. No problems, Chris. Uh, Mac Da Vinci and also Turn It Up, they're the two stable stars for you at the moment. What's the update firstly on Mac Da Vinci who raced last week? Yeah, no, he, um, unfortunately, he's uh, left the stables. He's gone back down to Sydney. Um, he sort of probably just hadn't been 100% happy with his last couple of runs. And um, speaking with the owners, decided to give him a little freshen up. And they've got the Lentsmith Mile coming up back down there for him. So he headed back earlier in the week to Sydney. He's going to have a freshen up and then he'll, uh, I'd say, get ready for that. Okay, did that come as a shock to you? Yeah, it did a bit. I thought he was um, he was sort of hanging around a bit longer, like he did last last year after the carnival. You know, um, it would have been um, yeah, you don't like to sort of lose those sort of horses and that, but um, you know that's uh, yeah, that's the name of the game. And yeah, he's headed back there, so hopefully after he has his freshen up and that, he'll um, get back to sort of where where he can be. Okay, well, that's disappointing because no doubt you would have been keeping an eye on the upcoming Summer Carnival features. And given now that the winner of one of our races, I think it's the Queensland Cup, gains an automatic invite to the Inter-Dominion, was that part of the long-range thinking with, with Mac Da Vinci? Um, not, oh, kind of, you know, like he, like last year after he, um, you know, he sort of, after the Carnival, we gave him a freshen up and went again, he... By the time the summer come around, he was airborne, you know. So that's what I was sort of thinking again this year. It would have been ideal again, but, um, yeah, it just wasn't to be. Okay. Well, that's Mac Da Vinci. What's the update then with Turn It Up? Yeah. He, um, 
Luckily, he's staying put. He's not going anywhere. So he uh, he just had a week or two off after the carnival. Um, not that he, you know, he didn't have a taxing carnival. He only had the three runs, really. But um, just, you know, with the management of him and everything, he just came a little freshen up. And he's probably a couple of weeks from being back at the track again. Okay, so what are we looking at? I'm sure there's, you know, there's so many options in front of you right now, but what are you sort of starting to map now or turn it up? No, mainly just the summer carnival. Like, he'll, um, you know, we'll be a few weeks and we'll just start going through the motions again with him and, um, you know, he'll just race, race up here and, you know, just aim for that carnival again. Okay, if he won the Queensland Cup and you get that free pass to the end of Dominion, do you take up that uh, offer or does he just remain put? Oh, look, you'd you'd probably have to um, think seriously about it, you know, like it it is the end of Dominion and that's what we all want to be in, you know, but um, a lot would, you know, depend on, you know, the horse and everything and that, but uh, yeah, look, it'd be hard to knock back, put it that way. Okay. Let me put this to you. He's a last uh, group one place getter in the Tab Blacks of Fake behind Majestic Cruiser and Spirit of St. Louis. What about the New Zealand Cup? Was there any consideration about just even throwing in a nomination? I think they close off next week. Was that ever sort of discussed or thought about? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, I did give it a bit of an, an idea, you know, especially initially when they were talking about being handicapped um, for the New Zealand Cup. Um I thought, you know, the, probably the, the main rivals are going to cop at least 10, probably 20 metres and that, and I would imagine he would have got the front. So that was, um, you know, sort of gave me a bit of an idea about thinking about going. But, um, look, as it gets closer in that, um, I, I think it's probably best uh, just to stay put and not worry about sort of travelling over there with him like, Everything at the moment's going good with him and what he's doing up here and staying sound and that, it's working. So I'd, I'd sort of be a bit annoyed if we did travel back to New Zealand and something went amiss with him and, you know, he, he sort of went back to his old ways, you know. So I'd, I think we'll just miss it, you know. OK, well, let me put it to you like this, though. With the New Zealand Cup and knowing how he is, you like to space his runs. And it'll all depend on flights, but it's every opportunity, you know, there's every possibility that you might be able to get a, a flight going straight into Christchurch and just targeting for that one race. And you're in and out, basically. And we know he can run two miles. He's an Auckland Cup winner. Uh, so there's no issue about the, the two miles. There's no issue about the stands. And if it's a hit-run mission, could, could that sway you a little bit? Yeah, look, it, it could do. Like you said, if you could get a, you know, like a flight from Brisbane straight over and, he doesn't have to travel, you know, like it's more so if you can't, you know, you've got to do a travel to Sydney and then over, like in the perfect world, if that could happen, you know, you, you'd definitely be 50-50 about going, I think, you know, like if you could get that perfect, perfect sort of trip, you know, because um, mm. like you said, the stand starts, I, I think it sort of suits him down to the ground and, and the distance doesn't really worry him. So there's, there is positives there, but there is a few negatives. Okay, if you've got to go, you know, by road from Brisbane to Sydney and then get the flight from Sydney to Christchurch, would that be a, a no? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, um, you know, too much, too much for him doing that, um, and for the sort of, you know, for how hard the race will be anyway. Um, 
I, I wouldn't be 100% confident taking him over at his best if he did that. But in saying that, though, the, the Kiwi sort of stocks, they're a little bit unknown, you could say, right now, because the, the obvious question with that, the All-Stars, do they have a dominant free-prawler? Yeah, well, that's it, you know, like, um, yeah, like, well, it's sort of, they always seem to come up and, you know, when the carnival's on, they're always, you know, one either jumps out of the, out of the, out of the blue or one of the, the regulars is there. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I think there's still plenty of, plenty of hard enough horses over there. Okay. Are we going to throw in a nomination just to be on the safe side, though? I'll put one in if you want. Okay. <laughs> I might have to stump up the money just to make sure it goes in. So we'll see how we go. I think they close off next week. So they're the two open class horses. Mac Da Vinci goes back to Sydney and turn it up's only a couple of weeks away. I haven't spoken to you since you took out one of those Group 1 Kibred Triad features a couple of weeks ago. You had the drive behind Captain Shuffle. It was your first sit behind this very exciting three-year-old. What type of feel did he give you that night? He, um... Yeah, he he gave me a real good feeling. Um, he's just he seems like he's fast and and he's definitely got stamina there. Um, I think once he to me he still feels like a two year old that doesn't know how to race. You know, um, once he sort of learns what it's all about, um, you know, he could end up anywhere that horse. I think. Okay, some were saying he was just starting to switch off. Was he getting tired at the end of the twenty one hundred, or how did he feel? Nah, he was um, uh, like yeah, he was a, he was still strong on the line. He just he literally hundred meters out, um, you know, at Elvin Park there. They got the marquee and that, and he just spotted that and started pricking his ears and and just switched off. And I was a bit worried that you know something might have grabbed him and and Teddy was coming quick, but uh, I felt like once he sort of realised something was there, he got going again. Um, I I don't think it was a yeah, I don't think he was tired. I think it was more just he was, um, yeah, just having a look around and, and, and sort of switched off. Okay, we've got a good crop of three-year-olds uh, right now here in Queensland. Uh, he beat Teddy Disco, Danger Zone, on that night. He's yet to come up against Leap to Fame and, and Tim's a trooper. How would he handle a horse like Leap to Fame? Yeah, look, I think, you know, like Leap to Fame, he's definitely the benchmark, um, you know, like, a lot, lot depends on barrier draws. Even, even in that race, probably you know, Danger Zone, Teddy, whoever drew the lead, probably wins the race. To be honest, like it, um, I think there's not much between them all. But um, you know, going forward, I think that horse, you know, Captain Shuffles, you know, if he just learns, like once his brain switches in and and learns more about racing, I think there's a lot of upside there. Okay, well, we'll keep following him with interest. Captain Shuffles, he looks very exciting right now. You've got plenty of drives coming up. Uh, full book today, I think, at uh, Redcliffe Albion Park tomorrow night, Albion Park Saturday night. Leave us uh, with a winner for the weekend. Um, he's put me on the spot there. Uh, probably, what have we got Saturday night? Um, I think a horse like Mystery Road's racing real well. He was unlucky from a from a, you know, it turned out to be a bad draw last week, but he's drawn good this week, so I think he should um, he should race well. Okay, we'll put a circle around him. Race two, number three, Mystery Road. Really appreciate the time this morning, Shane, and uh, we'll see you trackside later today. No worries. Thanks, Chris.
There's Shane Graham joining us. So uh, interesting news there, Steve. Mac Da Vinci goes home to Sydney, so uh, he won't be hanging around for much longer. In fact, he's gone already, so they're aiming towards the Lensmith Mile, but turn it up a couple of weeks away. I, I don't think that's a silly idea just to throw in a nom for the New Zealand Cup because um, the New Zealand Cup this year may just look a little different in, in you know, uh, as far as the, the oppositional likely lineup, it, it's hard to get a read on them right now. So mm. hopefully our next guest might be able to fill yeah. in a few blanks as far as the New Zealand yeah. Cup is concerned. Chris, just regarding Honolulu Bay, as I said, on this massive winning streak, if he trounces Lockenvarat and Co on the weekend, where does he sit in regards to the best horses in the country right now? Well, I think he's in the conversation. Mm. Uh, he's probably still got to take it up. Uh, uh, I'm not sure too, uh, but... He seems like he's got the complete package. He's got speed. He's got strength. So if he comes out and dominates that field and makes a statement from that draw, I think that puts him right at the forefront as far as, you know, being one of the, the number one seeds for the upcoming Inter-Dominion. And that's being staged in Melbourne later this year. Lock and Varat, they're talking about throwing in a nomination for the New Zealand Cup. So there could be some Australian interest in the New Zealand Cup this year. But uh, it's a good question, but uh, he's got to answer it for us. So we'll see mm. what he can do on Saturday night. Yeah, Greg O'Connor is with us now, Chris. Greg, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, a really interesting conversation around the IRT New Zealand Cup. And I'm pretty sure I will be able to update you in, uh, on many of the aspects, particularly off the back of a strong trials day yesterday at Rangiora. Well, that's why I wanted to speak to you. There were so many stars at that trials yesterday. But let's just talk about the New Zealand Cup just from an Aussie viewpoint. Turn it up. We just spoke with Shane Graham. There's that little temptation there. I think if uh, some officials got on the phone, they could easily twist the arm. It, it makes a little bit of sense. Lock and Varad, connections are keen to throw in a nom there. They close off next week, the New Zealand Cup noms. Yeah, that's right. On the 8th, uh, Chris, I've just left Addington's office, actually, and I can confirm uh, there has been conversations with David Moran and, and the uh, Lockenvar Art team. Uh, Jason Grimson has clearly indicated that either Majestic Cruiser or I Cast No Shadow, well, he's certainly putting a nomination for both of those. Whether they turn up or not is another thing, but uh, they had a nice break after uh, the Constellations, of course, where they performed so well. So um, there's definitely some interest there, and, and they're hearing that uh, Shane's thinking that Turn It Up might be uh, might be a, an interesting scenario given where he started and, and he exploded onto the New Zealand racing scene uh, you know, what, about four or five seasons ago now? It seems like an age ago, but um, we know his talent, that's for sure. Yeah, he's an Auckland Cup winner. The, the obvious question that I've got to ask you, who's the number one open-class horse in New Zealand? Is it Copy That, who's the defending New Zealand Cup champion, or have the All-Stars got something that we've just sort of out of sight, out of mind, that we're not thinking about? Oh, look, I think Self-Assured is, is the number one seed at the moment. Um, you know, with Copy That off and out of play uh, since his brilliant performance to win the New Zealand Cup last year. Self-assured won everything. He won the Auckland Cup. He won the new race, the race. And, um, you know, he had nothing short of an outstanding season. So uh, until copy that lines up against him and beats him, I think it's fair to say self-assured holds that mantle at the moment. But... There is the armoury, uh, the cavalry, if you like, guys, coming because yesterday at the trials, I saw a completely different version of Akuta than I saw earlier in the year or indeed as a two-year-old. You know what he did in the in the jewels. He won that by a cricket pitch. 
Um, he has bulked up, and his trial yesterday, where he finished second behind Alter Wise, go go on to hrnz.co.nz and have a look at the grip Mark Purden had of Akuta as they went home in 55-7-28-1, and he came from fourth position from the 800 metre mark. Um, I'm not totally convinced he'll start in the cup this year. But Mark has indicated when he lines up against the cup class horses, and it's not too far away, the Hannon Memorial was his likely first target. Um, if he goes with them and or beats them in that race or a race like the Canterbury Classic or maybe even a Messon Cup or into an Ashburton Flying Stakes, then I think Mark may well change uh, his mind in that regard. That Omaru race is down for about 17 days' time. Okay, so he's still only a three-year-old. Technically, he's four, but they're now looking at those open-class features and the New Zealand derby still yet to be run as well. Yeah, that's that's right, Chris. Now, the situation with him is because of his ranking, he's going to have to line up against those horses anyway. And yes, technically, he is a three-year-old now under the new system. But don't forget, Mark won New Zealand Cups with the four-year-olds, Alva Colo with Adore Me, with Lazarus. He's done this before. Kuda's rating, um, when he comes back, is rating 88, which essentially means he's open class. So he's not going to have a choice. He's not going to be able to uh, take on an easier kill, unlike his stablemate and the Sire Stakes winner from last year, Franco Indy, who also was very good in that trial yesterday. Uh, He comes back at the luxurious uh, rating of 70, and there's a race next week for him, I'm pretty sure, which is an up to 70 race. So um, he's a definite no for the New Zealand Cup. So there'll be no Franco Indian there. But Akuta, gee, going into yesterday, Chris, I would have said 50-50s at best. I'm almost leaning the other way now. I reckon he might be 65-70-30 maybe. Okay. That being said, Mark would drive Akuta in the cup. Natalie Rasmussen would drive self-assured. Oh, look, I'd probably think so. Yep, I think that's that's the way it'd go. The other uh, likely change around that barn is the return of Blair Orange, not as their number one driver, but as one of their drivers. So uh, don't be surprised to see him on some of the Rolleston base of, at this stage, Mark Purden and Hayden Cullen uh, in the not-too-distant future. Blair's basically going to go freelance driving. So um, he'll still be associated with Ken Barron's Tolman Lodge, but um, don't be surprised to see him picking up maybe the seconds and thirds of the uh, of the All Stars team. Okay, there's some news there this morning. So Blair Orange doing a lot more freelancing. Just on the appearance of a cootie yesterday, and knowing that you were here in Brisbane for the Tab Constellations in July, you were able to get up close and personal with Leap to Fame. He won the Derby. He's also a son of Better's Delight, like a cooter. Could you make any sort of comparison between the two three-year-olds? Oh, look, they're just two super horses. They're just—I would love to see them clash. Now, that—that's not going to happen unless Leap to Fame decides to come over for um, maybe the New Zealand Derby, which of course is the fourth of December this year. Um, yeah, look, Akuta has the all-round game, as does Leap to Fame. I wouldn't want to suggest that one would beat the other. I really wouldn't at this stage. Um, I was so impressed with Leap to Fame at the Carnival. I thought he was outstanding. Um, and you know what I think of Akuta. So uh, I, I just think they're the next 
wave of horse that Australasian harness racing is going to hang their head on. And, um, you know, we need them. We need the superstars, and they're both in that category. Yeah, absolutely. Krug was also in that same trial as a Cooter and Franco Indy behind Elder Wise Guy. How did he go yesterday? Yeah, he never hooked out. Uh, he started off 20 metres by virtue of his uh, rating. So he never hooked out and um, ran right up and behind a cooter and spoke to Blair Oren straight after it. And he said, couldn't be happier with him. So, um, yeah, he's absolutely delighted with where he's at. And um, we expect to see him probably in the Hannon Memorial as well. So um, that's where they'll line up. Okay. The other trial of interest for me yesterday was trial nine. Republican uh, Republican Party won this trial, but the two fillies were the the, the, the eye catchers for me here. RD's Express. They're, they're talking maybe Victoria Oaks campaign, maybe true fantasy a definite no for the Victoria Oaks. They clashed. RD's Express second, true fantasy third. How did they perform yesterday? Yeah, really good. Uh, I know the Telford team are, are massive on Hardy's Express. Uh, you're going to see plenty of her. True Fantasy is is the benchmark at the moment, but she's not just a line-up and win job, as we saw a few times in her last campaign, Chris. Um, I think they were pretty happy yesterday, as they were with all of their, uh, all of their horses. So, um, yeah, I, I'm expecting her to come back at least as good as what she was, but on the way Hardy's Express is going, might even need to be better. Okay. The big trotter stepped out yesterday, Muscle Mountain. He was able to win his workout. Sunday Sun, what's the update? And are these guys on a collision course? Uh, yeah, they will be, and it's likely to uh, happen at cup time. So, um, yeah, I'd be expecting the clash to, to happen there, but oh, he was awesome yesterday. Time wasn't overly fast, though, Chris, so you have to take that into account, and also the opposition that he was up against. But... Um, he looked powerful, Muscle Mountain. He'll line up along with his stable mates, uh, Midnight Dash, who, of course, uh, was successful last week. And Enheim, they'll go around in a race called The Ordeal next Friday night. And at Addington next Friday night, we also have the Avon City Forsley Brighton Cup. So uh, that's also an automatic entry race to the New Zealand Cup. So expecting quite a, a decent number for that race. Most of them lined up last week in the Morris Holmes Bars. Um, add in a couple of the Telfer Garlic team, including BD Joe, who lines up tomorrow night at Addington Raceway. And uh, things are starting to take shape quite nicely. Thanks very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's two more horses that I wanted to ask about. One steps out tonight at Auckland. Uh, he's a North Islander, but he looks so impressive. His name is Merlin for Barry Purden. Uh, he goes around in race number 10 tonight. How good is this guy? He's only a two-year-old, but how do you rate him? Oh, he's pretty fast, Merlin. Um, he's been a big shortener for not only tonight's race, but also uh, in the Hunnis Million race, which is on the 14th of October, and the Sire Stakes, which is run on Cup Day. He's very fast, really quick. I spoke to Zach Butcher about him last week, about his trial again. Go on to HRNZ, have a look at it's either the second or third last trial there uh, from last Friday, and you'll see a very, very fine horse. Um, He's really, really quick. I'm, I'm thinking that he'll win tonight and uh, he'll be very hard to beat potentially in that harness million. Don't stop dreaming the benchmark from the All-Stars team. But he's just had a couple of minor problems. We're not likely to see him this month, according to Mark Curtin. So whether that means for the harness million he's not a, a potential winner of that or the size stakes is up in the air, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks because he'd need to be at the trials probably or three to four weeks uh, earlier than those races, I would have thought. OK, well, he's unbeaten Merlin, four for four. Queensland owned as well, raced by Dean Shannon. The last horse that I wanted to talk about, I briefly mentioned him earlier. 
but he arrived in Australia last night. Copy that. Are you surprised they're coming to Australia and then likely to go back for a shot at the uh, the defence of the New Zealand Cup? Yeah, I, I suppose it's a surprise. It's not, not doable. Um, they consider that the, a, a campaign over there can fit him just as well for the New Zealand Cup as a defence of the New Zealand Cup as if he was uh, uh, being prepared here. Of course, the risk of staying in the North Island uh, guys, is that he may not get those races off the ground because already we've seen the, the Telfer uh, team, uh, the Stephen Amanda Telfer team, make their way down here. BD Joe, Alter Wong's guy in the light. So they're already making their way down here or already here. Um, and then you've got uh, probably Anna Donnelly with two or three that if the races don't look likely to go off the ground, that, that the Auckland, you know, the, the horses will have to come down here and race as well. So is it, is it unorthodox? Yes, it is. Is it in the old? You had to be basically up and going by late August, early September and racing to be ready for the New Zealand Cup. But the breed's changed. The horses are a lot finer. They don't need as many runs. And I think Copy That might have had three or four last year, self-assured the year before, exactly the same. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, Move wants to win a race close to home, and that's cool. And he's probably got the horse to do it with. Um, first up, he was excellent. Um stormed home, you know, went a terrific race behind Old Town Road, who's in tonight and is a very, very fine horse. So, um, yeah, interested to see what he does in Victoria. The big question straight off the back of that, Chris, will be, do they just stay? Do they just stay and go through to the Inter-Dominions or do they bring mm. him home and, and have, a, have a crack at that New Zealand Cup? Because things change there again. He go, comes home, comes to Christchurch, and last year Blair Orange drove him in the cup will he be driving him in the cup this year that'll be the next question because he drives Krug of course who looked fantastic at Addington he had a private workout last Friday and then he trolled beautifully again yesterday so few balls in the air so to speak yeah fascinating stuff so three to four runs that campaign in Melbourne uh the Victoria Cup's the main one but uh he arrived in uh, in really good order last night. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with copy that if they go back to New Zealand or stay in Australia and focus on the end of Dominion. Greg, really appreciate the time. Uh, love the update. We'll be in touch as we count down towards the New Zealand Cup. Yeah, as you know, mate, any time, more than happy to, uh, to be part of the show. Cheers. There's Greg O'Connor joining us, Steve. So uh, he's one of the best over in New Zealand, gives us all the info. But, yeah, that's fascinating that... Uh, you know, that uh, appearance of a cootie yesterday and just the way he looks. So Greg was keen to get his eyes on Leap to Fame. I know he had a really good look at him throughout the Tab Constellations. He fell in love with him. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he sort of tries to measure these horses up. And who knows, he might he might be uh, bound for the New Zealand Derby. He's got the, the big campaign in front of him. He's got the Breeders' Challenge in New South Wales. He's got to go down for a heat. Then he's got to go to Melbourne for the heat and final of the Victoria Derby. Then come back to Sydney for the final of the Breeders' Challenge. All going to plan, obviously. Owners uh, Kevin and Casey Moore might want a shot at the New Zealand Derby if it comes up at the right time. Mm. Just having a look at the free-for-all at Gloucester Park tomorrow night. Chris, uh, the Gary Hall Senior Stable have got Diego for the inside. Jumping Jack Mack, gate two and... Lavra Joe, who's going well, chasing a hat-trick. Just a bit of an awkward draw in five. Interesting to get Matt Young's thoughts. He's with us now. Matt, good morning. Good morning, boys. Uh, it's been a, uh, a sad week over there in Perth as far as harness racing is uh, is concerned. Losing Bill Horn, the man that put the polish on the champion village kid. So uh, the club are honouring his memory tomorrow night. All races named after Bill. So uh, it's going to be a, a sombre mood, I'm sure, tomorrow night. You're absolutely right. Uh, he's one of the great characters of the sport of harness racing and uh, larger than life 
personality to go with a horse with larger than life ability in village kids. So uh, yeah, very very sad. Um, he had a good innings and reunited with his wife Norma and a village kid as well, Willie. So um, yeah, it's it's it is a really sad time here in Perth, but. Uh, he lived a great life, and uh, his impact on the sport will be spoken about for many decades to come. I played it yesterday, Chris and, and Matt, and I'm going to play it as we close this segment today as well. Just a brilliant piece of broadcasting, John Hunt's broadcast of that that time trial uh, of Village Kid. Extraordinary piece of broadcasting. Would have had uh, so many great thrills uh, calling mm. a horse like Village Kid. So we look forward to that uh, play that at the end of the, the show that today, Steve, did you say? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got it here ready yep. to go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, that, well, I do remember, I thought you were going to play it then, that's why I didn't say anything. Um, the, I, I have seen a replay of that and yeah, it's, it, it's everything that uh, encapsulated John Hunt as a broadcaster was uh, that passion. Uh, he was, he was broadcasting the event, but he was also a fan of the horse and uh, like him and everyone, wanted to see him break that world record and uh, to see him do that was uh, really special and you, you listen to it now and it's it's just amazing. It's as amazing now as it was back then. Mm, I had goosebumps listening to it yesterday, I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah, yeah it doesn't surprise me. Hunt, he's, he's, uh, he's got some of the most amazing calls you ever hear. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Steve was talking about this free-for-all tomorrow night, Matt. So a field of eight, uh, the hall stable gauge one, two, and three, leverage Joe in four, and then another hall to runner in five. Who's going to take this free-for-all tomorrow night? Well, doing a bit of form on this race, I thought uh, Diego, he's going, to, he's going to be crunched, that's for sure, by uh, uh, leverage Joe. That's how it looks. Diego's seven from seven when leading, uh, which is... A really impressive statistic. So, and he's beaten some nice horses and being able to do that. So, uh, this will be a really good test. I think Labra Joe. He's had a couple of soft wins, so maybe, maybe just flying under the radar a little bit about how good his run was three starts ago when second in that free fall event behind Bolton Tim. So, I could see him outside the lead and putting the pressure on. Uh, jumping Jack Max got a few options. Go to the pegs or stay one off and maybe be one one on the back of Labra Joe, but probably goes behind the leader. And then you've got another theory that could come into play is that uh, Hampton, <coughs> excuse me, Hampton Banner could charge across and try and lead. So there's plenty of scenarios that could unfold, but uh, I'm still with Labra Joe because he's one of my favourites in the state. Okay, so leverage over you in that free-for-all. Just looking at that card tomorrow night, there's some real talent stepping out on a lot of those races. It's a, it's a good card of racing tomorrow night. Absolutely right. There's some uh, really competitive racing. The Barrage Wars have made things very interesting. Uh, the Binshaw is going to be a cracking race. Uh, should be plenty of gate speed in that, the free-for-all. There's just, there is talent across all the races. And then we've got Group 1 racing again next week uh, with the Westbred Classics the three-year-olds getting on the way. So uh, back to Group 1 racing very quickly. Right. What is your best bet coming through tomorrow night? Uh, we'll go race two, number one, Shadow Roll. This horse has been performing well, but it's just needed a barrier draw, and uh, he finally gets it. So he's been performing well off of bad barrier draws. He's got the good one here, 2,500 metres. He should lead. 
he should control and he should win. So race two, number one, Shadow Roll, looks very hard to beat, and I think he's the best on the car. Okay, so race two, number one, Shadow Roll for Dylan Edgerton Green. Matt, as always, really appreciate the time. Uh, stay with us as we go to the uh, end of the show. We're going to uh, replay this call of John Hunt uh, and Village Kid in the time trial from Gloucester Park. Cheers, boys. Have a good day.